Hello and welcome to Live Conversation on Alatra TV. My name is Olga and my co-host today is also Olga. And uh, we would like to remind our viewers about the format of the program. We have a very special speaker here with us today. I'm going to introduce him in just a minute. But first, I would like to remind our viewers that at the end of our program, we are going to ask our guest today what person he would like to meet. And uh, we're going to ask our viewers to share this video with two hashtags, hashtag uh, Alatra Unites and hashtag Creative Society, in order to see if the rule of six handshakes truly works. And for those of you that uh, do not know about this rule, it is a theory that all people are socially connected through five handshakes. So we're going to see if it really works and we can get our guest to the person that he would like to meet. And right now, I would like to introduce Patrick Verano, Executive Leadership Coach, Forbes contributor, and keynote speaker. Patrick, hello. So nice to have you on our show today. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you really do? Sure. Thank you so much, Olga. I really appreciate having the opportunity to be on the show. Um, so my business is uh, Emory Leadership Group. I also have co-founded um, a second organization called Candor Development Solutions. And really the focus of our business is really about reimagining what it means to lead, whether individually, organizationally, or as teams. And we focus on a number of different areas. Um, my focus primarily is in three areas. One is uh, a focus on emotional intelligence. The other is on influence and unconscious biases. And the last is on personalities. And between the three of those, Really, what I do is is combine those in a way that I think um, have been the most effective. Again, whether working with individuals, how do I improve my own abilities to inspire other people? Um, and as organizations, how do we behave in ways or understand those things that we're able to um, really engage the people that, that work for our company? This is so great and thank you so much for sharing what you do and it's so important to have those skills and to have them not just in the workplace but also to have them in your personal life so that's very important and we actually have a little surprise for you we have a collage of pictures to show you and if our IT team can bring it up and if you can tell us a little bit about your work and your hobbies. Oh no so I I'm just looking at the small picture here, so I can only see a little bit of it. Um, is there a way to uh, to make that? So we have you here on, uh, looks like you have a podcast. So uh, I do, yeah. yeah I've got a podcast, Lead Like No Other Podcast. Yeah, that's, that's my podcast. Um, and it looks like some of your hobbies include rafting. Oh, is that's that my right? whitewater rafting. That is it. That was uh, my oldest son, Josh, and I were right, right, whitewater rafting in Maine down the Forks. Um, so love that. That was a great trip. It looked um, like another picture of you on the boat. Oh, that's our. That's my happy place. The boat is my happy place. And as a matter of fact, that boat uh, goes in the water. We keep it in Casco Bay here. Uh, it goes in the water on April 15th. And uh, even with the, you know, the stay in place order that's, uh, that's in effect now, being on a boat still is um, allowable, which fortunately for my mental health, we can still go on that boat. I got to tell you how much I'm, I'm looking forward to being on that boat. So that's probably the biggest smile I get when I, when I see that boat knowing what's coming. Um, 
That is so great. Uh, so you are a leadership coach. And am, yeah. in your opinion, what quali qualities should a leader have? Yeah, um, a great question. And, you know, I will often refer to there's a quote uh, by John Quincy Adams that says, if your actions inspire somebody to dream more, to do more, to learn more or become more, you're a leader. And what I love about that is if you think about it, there's nothing in there about a title, right? This is not about a title. It is, it's about actions that inspire. And before we went live on this, I was, I was speaking to you about how I believe this is all about behaviors. Um, and there are several models that I've put together, but to me, it's, it's about actions. So when I think of, of leadership, some of the things that are important is one is, is being congruent, walking the talk. What I, what I say and what I do are the same. Um, listening is one of the, the most important skills I think to be able to lead. And I, I believe it's a superpower um, to, to really be able to authentically listen to other people, um, I think has the ability to resolve so many issues. I do a lot of work in conflict management and I tell the groups that I go in to do work for that if you really practice the skill and the muscle of listening, there's so much you can accomplish. And I would say one other that I'll speak to, well, two others. One would be, um, I think, direction, being able to be clear and decisive, and also um, empathy. Being empathetic, I think, is a, is a huge um, must for, for a leader to be empathetic. Yes, I have to agree with you completely about how you said that listening is a superpower. And it really, really, truly is. If we just learned how to listen to each other, I think it, it would be, this world would be a better place right there. Um, also, you did mention that you have a podcast. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it, what you do on it? And also, uh, since you are in the media industry, how would you like to see the media today? What do you like to see in the news? What kind of news do you listen to? Um so, well, first, the podcast really is has two different components to it. One, it's uh, the name of it obviously is Lead Like No Other, and the tagline to it is Actions That Inspire. Um, and the podcast does two things. One is uh, I interview individuals that either are really trying to make a difference by leading themselves or they're, they're actually leaders within organizations. A lot of people that I interview either have written a book or um, or run a company that helps other people. So that's sort of the first component. Um, and the other piece are monologue shows that I will do just on a piece of research or something that I come up with that I think is, is relevant to um, how do we help people to lead like no other. And again, it's not about, it's not about a title. Um, the other tagline that I will often use for me is, is what I call rise above your best. And I think in the, in the space that we are often in, I, and in my coaching experiences that too often times people get frustrated because they look to where other people are and, oh, I can't get there because this person, you know, makes seven figures and I only make six or whatever it might be. And I think you would be so much happier if you looked at your own progress and saying, rise above your best, not somebody else's, but how do you get better yourself? And when we do that, we always have an opportunity to grow. There's always something that I can do tomorrow that's a little bit better than I did today if I choose to. This is so awesome. And it actually relates back to working on yourself. And I know you do a lot of motivational speaking as well. And can you tell us how do you keep like 
motivation going inside of you like you you go to those you know seminars and you get motivated and then it wears off what are some tips you can give us that the motivation stays and that you continue you know just feel it inside like you're ready to go yeah um a, a great question so uh, i'll give you a couple different things that that work on my end is that one we're talking about habits and we know that we will often hear people talk about habits as it takes 21 days. Well, it doesn't. There's there's no research that shows that 21 days is the number. That's sort of a myth. But there is research that says that you can develop habits and there are certain timelines to it. Um, it could be as short as eight days. It can be as long as 250 days. Um, the average it takes somebody to, to create a habit is about two months. But that's only if they do what they're supposed to be doing for two months. You don't just sort of do it on day one and then on day 66, you know, poof, you have the habit. It takes work, right? These are muscles that we build. So you need to, you need to do that. Um, secondly, I think it's around setting goals, realistic goals. So there's a, a model that I created called SET. And many might be familiar with SMART goals. This is sort of a, an abbreviated version of that, but with one exception, and, and I think an important one, is that when we think of set goals, it's about specific, emotional, and time-bound. So the specific is, what, what is it that I want to do? You know, what specifically do I want? The emotional is the why. And that, to me, is the motivation part. And that's the part that we often miss, is that we don't really have a strong enough why in the things we want. And that's, that's when we lose the motivation, right? There's willpower and there's why power. The last of that is, is what the T is. It's time bound. There's got to be um, a, an end date that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to achieve this by. Or maybe it's something that it's a lifestyle change and the T instead, that time bound it is instead, I'm going to do this three days a week or four days a week. But I would say the biggest thing, if you want to, because nobody can motivate you, you need to find a way to motivate yourself long-term, internally. And to me, it's the why. Because we can probably all think of those things that we really wanted to do. When there's something you really want to do, things don't get in your way. You, you find a way around it because your why is strong enough. That's it. That's that's excellent. Yes, and it's it's it just answers that for me. That's that's amazing. And then, what uh, else do you um, suggest, people? I know we are in the type of situation where someone might turn into the negative ways of thinking. What are some positive um, ideas or positive concepts that people can apply to stay, you know, a little bit more happier and cheerful in the hard times? Yeah. Um, it is a difficult time, right? We're all sort of dealing with an environment that we we never probably would have expected. Um, certainly not for this duration. Um, there's a workshop that that I've been doing that I mentioned before we started this. That's all around navigating stress, especially in in isolation. I would say, um, and. In that, what I did was I created a journal, not because of this. It's a journal that I've used in the past called the Power Journal. And what it is, is it's based on research. One primary piece of research was um, a, what was called the 21-Day Happiness Challenge. And as I talk about how 21 days doesn't build a habit, and now I'm talking about a 21-Day Challenge, I get that. Um, however, this was done by a Harvard researcher, Sean Aker, and he did it actually, um, I believe it was in about 2009. So it was at the other financial crisis that we had experienced. And he did this with um, 
a financial firm, actually. And he only asked them to do uh, five different activities. They had to, at the beginning of the day, in the morning, write down three things they're grateful for. So every morning they had to write down three things and it had to be different. And that's the important thing because you could go five days and I can think of five days of things that are different about being grateful. But when I get to day 15, that becomes a little more difficult, but that's exactly the point. Because what starts to happen is we start to realize that, boy, there really are a lot more things that I would have thought about that I can be grateful for. But we live in a world that is wired to look to the negative, right? What And, and rightfully so, I think in on some levels, we needed to. That's why we're here today is because we didn't see a saber-toothed tiger and think, oh, look at how cute that is. We knew we had to, we had to get out of the way. That doesn't serve us anymore, that negativity bias toward things. So that was number one, right? The second thing was you had to do something for somebody else every day. Nothing that was going to benefit you, but you had to do something for somebody else. And we know what that does for us. It makes us feel good, right, when we do something for somebody else, and it makes the other person feel good. And what do they generally do? They do something for somebody else, right? They pass it on. So the next thing that they had to do was at the end of the day, they had to write two or three sentences about what went well for the day, right before they went to bed. Two to three sentences, what went well for the day. And when you think about that, you bookend your day. You start your day out in a place of gratitude, and you end your day in a place of what went well for today. And think about the environment we're in today. How many people go to bed like, oh, another day of stress of being in the house with a number of people, as opposed to maybe at the end of the day, you force yourself. Maybe today was just, I'm just grateful that none of us got into an argument today. It could be as simple as that. But we leave and go to bed in a place of, of gratitude as well. So the other thing, the fourth activity that somebody had to do was 10 minutes of exercise a day. That was it. 10 minutes a day. And the last thing that somebody had to do was they had to meditate or find some quiet time for two minutes a day. That was it, just two minutes, right? Not a lot. And this wasn't like you need to learn how to levitate or, you know, learn deep mindfulness exercises. This was just, you know, just focus on your breathing. And there were so many different things that we can do out there. So what I did was I created, based on that model, a journal, which I call the power journal. So the P in power is for praise. That's the three things I'm grateful for. The O is for others, to remind myself to do something for somebody else. The W is for writing at the end of the day. The E is for exercise. And the R is for relaxation. That's it. So as I go through my day, and I do this every day myself, is to make sure that I'm, I'm trying to do those things, start out in the right place, end in the right place. And you, we can do it every day. And in the long run, what it does for us, it builds our resilience. So even if today was a difficult day or tomorrow is, it builds our resilience long-term. And that's what we need. We need resilience, not just day-to-day coping skills. Those are really good points. All of them are really good points that we should definitely remember. And uh, I like how you said that we should do something good for others. And uh, that definitely does. Uh, start a chain reaction of good deeds you know if that person does something else good for somebody else and that just and we should definitely remember that i i agree with that completely and writing things down yeah journaling can be so powerful yes journaling is very powerful i agree and we have so many things that we should be thankful for i mean the fact that we have a house and a roof over our head during this time and we can actually 
you know, stay safe is already one thing that we should be grateful for. Yeah. So in, in on that, Olga, so when I do work with some of the, some of my clients, I will say, challenge yourself, even when you think of being grateful, be grateful for your challenges, because when you can be grateful for your challenges, and, and quite honestly, I know in my own life, that's when I've grown the most, even when I don't like it in the moment, that's when I've grown the most. And my guess is this is going to be another one of those. But that when we're grateful for the challenges, it takes some of the sting, some of the, the pain away from that challenge, because it's almost like we, we gain power over it when, when we're grateful for it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, everything you said, I definitely have to agree with in the few minutes, maybe even more than two minutes of quiet time is that. Uh, yeah, minimum. Yes, at least starting there is minimum. a very good start. Definitely. So also um, on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement, we have a project called Creative Society. And uh, people all over the world, volunteers ask um uh, take interviews and take social surveys about, ask people about what society do they want to live in? What kind of society does uh, a person envision where they, their close ones, and all people in the world live comfortably? And um, we ask, we would like to ask this question, um, you this question as well. Can you tell us what, how do you envision this society? Yeah. Um, it, it's, a great question. And maybe part of what we're going through right now helps people to realize how much we do need each other. And, and I was just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, about this idea of being self-made. And I've always said being self-made is such a myth that nobody is self-made, right? I can't call myself self-made unless I made the roads I drive on, the car I drive in, the house I live in, the food I eat. We need each other. There's no possible way we can be self-made. We, we need each other. I mean, look at the grocery stores, right? That, that they are in the front lines of what goes on and they're serving all of us, right? Um, on, on all different levels. It's not just healthcare providers. Um, and I, when I think about this and, and even the work that I do with organizations, it's trying to create an environment where they need to support each other. And I use that through a, a blueprint I called cables, which is, it's about building a bridge. That's how I envision, um, I think even the, the, the world that you talk about, I think is through behaviors. And, and I use this model called cables and the, it's another acronym. But if we think about this in terms of like the Golden Gate Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge is about three feet in diameter, that one cable, but it's really about 30,000 individually wrapped cables. And to me, I think our relationships are the same way, that all of our behaviors positively are, are just single wraps of that cable. And the more that we behave in the right way toward each other, the thicker this cable gets, the stronger it gets, so that we've got something that eventually looks like the Golden Gate Bridge that can carry uh, tremendous amounts of, of stress, but only because it's been maintained and built to do that. And we all have this ability, and I use these six behaviors, the first one being congruence, meaning we walk the talk. Um, the second one is the A in the cables model is around appreciation. And that's recognizing that we're all different and we need to be different, that we should celebrate that, that by being different, we, we provide um, spice to it or, or variety to what we're doing in different perspectives. That's not a negative. We need that. 
Um, so a, a recurring theme here is the B in this model is B for others. Here we go again, right? It's about if we're there for each other, if we're doing for others, then we build a better society, right? Then it's not, I'm not looking for what's best for me. I'm looking for what's best for all of us, not just me. So the L in the cables model, that L cable is listening. And we talked about this earlier. I think that is, that's a superpower. But we listen in four ways. We listen with our ears, right? The tone of voice, what somebody says. But we listen with our eyes too, what somebody's doing with their body, their, their facial expressions. What are they doing with their hands or their feet? That's how you really, when you're really listening to somebody and paying attention to those things, another person feels it. They know that you, I'm not looking at my phone or, you know, somebody going by. I'm really listening to them. The other two can be a little more difficult of this four-way listening is one is listening with my mind, which is somebody might say something to me before I um, jump to conclusions or think they mean something by it that's negative, that I take a second and pause and I think, what else could they mean? Maybe, maybe they're not being disrespectful. Maybe I just heard it wrong, that they mean something else. And it gives me an opportunity to, to, to clarify, to make sure what, it, what is what I heard, what you really meant rather than just react. And the last one is listening with our heart. And that's, that's about empathy again. It's how would I want to be listened to if I was the other person here? How would I want them to listen to me and to give that person that same sense of respect? So the E in the model is empathy, because I do believe that stands by itself. Um, we need more of that today. And a lot of the work that I do in leadership, I, I speak very strongly about this, that leadership is a strong skill. It's, it's one of the most courageous things that we can be. There's nothing weak about being empathetic towards somebody else. We need that. And there's, there are lots of studies to show how powerful that is. Um, and the last one in the cables model is about specifics. And that's really around clear expectations. That when we have clear expectations of what we need from each other, and, and we follow through on that, right? We walk the talk in terms of, of what we expect from each other. We build that bridge that we can all walk across um, quite nicely. This is so amazing. And thank you so much for sharing with us those six steps. And what I just realized that all those things actually don't cost you anything, but your own effort to right. do and to make this, world a better place by just yeah. working on yourself you didn't right. say that you got to go and buy you know a, a car that's fifty thousand dollars you didn't say you got to go and do this you didn't say that you just said those you know those best human qualities that we can sometimes forget that we have just to bring them forward right that's and that awesome. doesn't that doesn't discount drive because i work with athletes and people that are that are performance too that want more but it doesn't have to come at the expense of somebody else, right? It, there's a dance, I think, between expectations, meaning I, I want to succeed, right? I want to, I'm, I'm driven to succeed, but also there's gratitude. I'm, I'm grateful for where I am. I don't need um, this additional zero in my bank account to make me happy. I can do both, right? I can do both. Yeah, I can strive. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just thinking right now, and you're right, this uh, cables, if you think about it, that's really, it really works. It's respect for others, do for others, listen, 
and, um, you know, treat others like you want to be treated, right? Right. And, Set clear expectations, right? Yes. What do we need from each other? Exactly. Yes. And don't assume, right? A lot of times. Exactly. Don't assume. You, assume. you get, you know, somebody says something, just, just like you said, and that's how relationships also get broken. By Bingo. And that's, you, Olga, you bring up a great point because that's when I do the workshops in organizations, I will say, this model that we're going we're gonna to work through this blueprint is going to benefit you at home, in the community, or at work. It doesn't matter. It's the same set of behaviors that make us a better individual wherever we are. And I will tell you, my own feeling on these is that if I, I can go into any organization and I guarantee you that one of their problems is one of those cables is, is loose, without question. I will go in anywhere and I will say, one of these things isn't being done. And I, I know that from my own personal experience, because I know when I'm having problems with somebody, the first thing I do is say, what, what cable am I neglecting right now? There's something that I'm not doing. As easy as it, or it might be for me to say, no, it's your fault. You're the problem. It's not. I own some of this. And the faster I can be to find out what my piece of this is, the easier it's going to be for us to resolve this. That's it. Uh, yes, I have to agree with you. We always have to look within ourselves to see what and it's hard. in order to solve. Boy, it's hard at times. Anywhere, at work or at home or anywhere else we're at with friends. Yeah. I have to agree. So right now you uh, drew a picture of the creative society that everybody would be happy, everybody would be respected, and there will be self-help and mutual help. What do, you, what do you think is stopping us today from living in such a society? And what can we do? To change that? Um, well, as the model that I work from, I think, um, I'll give you an example. So when I, when I do this workshop, I will put a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge up there. But then below that, I put a picture of a dilapidated rope bridge up there, something that nobody really is going to want to walk across, right? But at one point, it was great. It, it, it was very stable and you could have crossed it. I think the problem is, is too many people at times, and I'm included in this, is that we, we forget to build and we're only looking at taking. And I think when, when we live in that kind of society, right, it's hard, it's hard to be for others when you feel like everybody's just taking for themselves. That said, the only way things change is by me taking control of, of my stuff first and, and owning that. And hopefully that, that creates a ripple effect. That if we all do that, right? If we all come from a place of trying to figure out how do we rise above our best, then we're always progressively going to get better. We can't not get better if, if that's how we challenge ourselves. It's not, I've got to be better than Olga. Um, I've got to be better than, than Patrick. Yes, that's, that's well said. Lead by example or be the example and be the change. Yeah. Um, do you think it's important to talk about it uh, with others to uh, share this vision with others about creative society in order to start this wave of positive, um, positive worldview? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, to me, it's, it's like a movement. We're, we're all involved in a movement right now. All of us that, that want to see this kind of change. It's a movement. But it takes all of us just continuing to believe that. And I think they're, they're, we're seeing it. We, we are definitely seeing it. And I think this, this will be another piece to it. I really do. And I don't mean to be a Pollyanna because I know there are lots of problems. But 
I, I think we can really, we can leverage this. But we're, we're smart people. I mean, we're civilized people. We can solve those problems, right? By yeah. peaceful means. We can all get together and uh, solve them, I would say, even quickly. Why not? So right? it's, beha- right? And we're back to behaviors again. That's exactly. about behaviors. That if we behave in the right way, I don't need to come thinking, I've got the answer. I'm the only one that has the answer here. It's about just being open to, maybe somebody's got a better solution than I do. And if I'm open to that, if I listen, I'll hear it. If I don't listen, if I only listen for the sake of I'm listening so that I can make my counter argument, I'm not really listening. I'm going to close off really being able to hear that maybe, maybe that you do have a better solution. So. Very good. Yes, I have to agree. Uniting, listening, and uh, being open-minded, I would say, right? Completely. Yes. Completely. If you look, I, um, I mean, mindfulness really is about that. Um, I had a, a great interview with a woman, Rosalie uh, Poman, who's out of the Netherlands. And she wrote a book called um, The Mindful Guide to Conflict Resolution. And what I loved about her book was there was one section there that said, imagine both people coming to a disagreement, both thinking that they're wrong or both thinking that they could be right. Right. And when we think that, right, if I think, if we both think that, that we both could be wrong or then it opens us up to saying, maybe there's a third option that neither of us know about, but we're not going to find that if we come to the table thinking that each of us only, only one of our answers is going to be good. There's probably something else. Yes. Thank you so much, Patrick, for sharing that. That's, that's amazing. And that yeah, you, no, thank it, you. Yeah, and, and that uh, you have such experience of uh, speaking to so many people about this, the subject and you're so knowledgeable about it. And before we move on, uh, did you want to tell us something that maybe we forgot to ask you or if you have like a free webinar coming up that you would like to share with our viewers? information on it? Um, so, well, a couple things. One is I do have a, a webinar coming up on Monday, that free webinar that I, I spoke about that is um, um, from crisis to career change, um, how to make your next move. So that'll be free. Um, it most likely will be a series that I'll run from there. Again, taking a lot of my past experience of saying, how can I help people to set goals, um, to feel good about themselves in terms of where they are and where they want to go. Um, how to, how to interview if they do look for another job. A lot of people don't really, um, aren't comfortable doing that. Um, and you need to be able to understand how you communicate with somebody else in that way. Um, so yeah. And the other thing would be the, the journal. The journal is a, is a free journal. Um, it's got a lot of information there about those five activities that I, I can't say enough about that in terms of the research is all there that it works. Each one of those behaviors provides, each one of those, um, I would say, activities provides their own power just in doing those. And that's what we need. And you know, Patrick, since we have you here, I just want to ask you one last question. Um, you're very knowledgeable and you work in this field. What, do you, what are your um, opinion about shortening the workday? I know that in a lot of countries that already happened, and uh, they also say that working eight hours, people are only productive half of that time. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? And how do you see that in the company? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that's one of those. It's, it's hard to change. That said, I think, I think this crisis 
where so many people now have to work from home has debunked that myth for a lot of companies that says you can't do your work from home, right? It's sort of like that. That's gone. You can't make that argument anymore. And I believe you're going to have some people are going to be like, I'm doing this anyway. Like, I'll go find someplace else to work. If you're not going to let me do this when, when this is over, it's like the cat's out of the bag, so to speak, or the horse is out of the barn, however you, however you want to look at it. And it's interesting. There's a woman that I've done work with before that's very knowledgeable in this space. And, and she talks about that the 40-hour work week has no basis behind it, the way that it was created. It was, it just got, it, it just got adopted, I think, during the industrial age to get more work out of people, but it has no real, there's nothing rooted in any science that says this is what we need. And I agree. I think the reverse is true, that you actually become less productive during the day. We all do. Um, so I'd love to see it. I'm a proponent of it. I think it's going to be hard. I think. I think what you will see is more people that will be able to work from home though. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think now we're coming to um, the point where we're going to ask you, who is there a person that you would like to meet? And if you can share that with us and tell us why, and we will remind our viewers that uh, we are testing the rule of six handshakes to see if this video will get to the person that Patrick would like to meet. Uh, please share this video with two hashtags, uh, hashtag Alatra Unites and hashtag Creative Society. And this way we can see how many times this video got shared and how many time, how long it took um, to get to the person that Patrick would like to meet. Yeah. Do you want it now? Person. Yes. And why? I'm so excited. This is like my favorite part. Uh, Les Brown. Les Brown. Uh, he's a motivational speaker and somebody that I had, uh, I, I, God, it's been almost 30 years probably since I had first heard him. And uh, he just stuck with me. He, he came from a background, a lot of adversity and just always had such a positive outlook on things. And I love him as a presenter too. He, he just has such a way to him. So the opportunity to, to meet him or to even interview him on my podcast, I would, I would absolutely love because he's been a huge inspiration to me. Les Brown. Okay, very good. So again, to our viewers, Les Brown is uh, the person that Patrick would like to meet. Uh, please share this video and we'll see if the rule of six handshakes truly works. And I think our program is coming to an end. So we would like to say thank you so much uh, for being with us today. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time speaking with us and our viewers. And um, yes. Good thank you so time. much. I really, thank you really so appreciated much. this. Yes. Both all goes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Thanks.